Good afternoon. Welcome to episode four of the Grad Cracker webinar series. Today we are joined by our good friends at Atkins, Neve, a Grad Cracker regular who's been with us on the Grad Cracker Insight in London and also on the last webinar, and graduates Ellie, Tom, and Dan. Neve is the Early Careers Recruitment Advisor and will tell you all about what you need to know about the opportunities Atkins will have on offer and also the recruitment process. And grads Ellie, Tom and Dan will tell you all about their journeys so far at Atkins and what the future could have in store for you. So Neve, could you just give the students a bit of a background to who Atkins is? Sure, so Atkins is a British multinational engineering design planning, architectural design, project management and consulting services company. Uh, we're a member of the SNC Lavalin Group and Faithful and Gould also operates under our business. Um, we have offices across the country and across the UK from as far up as Aberdeen, all the way down to Croydon and beyond. And we operate in quite a number of different business areas. So no matter what your interest is, there's something there for you. We operate across transportation, infrastructure, nuclear, ADS&T, which I have to remember the acronym. <laughs> so there's aerospace, technology, all that kind of thing. And then of course we have our faithful and Gould roles as well. Fantastic. Thanks, Neve. And just so for reference, um, so Tom and Dan are both from Faithful and Gould, that business, and Ellie is from Atkins. Um, so what I'm going to do now, just due to the success of this quick fire round, is I'm going to go through everybody to break the ice and get everybody to tell us a quick fire fact about Atkins. So Neve, I'm going to start with you. Sure. Okay. So... So Atkins have a fantastic network of internal communities on our Yammer platform and you can have anything from the Women's Development Network through to Neurodiversity and also some other groups like, you know, Pop Music, Cats of Atkins, Best Burgers of Atkins. So there's something there for everybody. But on a personal note, I really, really enjoyed interacting with my colleagues from all over the country and all different parts of the business. And it really gave me a sense of community during lockdown. Thank you, Neve. And just for reference, so Yammer is um, like an internet, uh, Atkins specific. That's a, yeah, Atkins specific internal portal. Perfect. Thank you, Neve. Ellie, on to you. Quick fact about Atkins. Yeah, so mine is that we have a flexible hours policy. So as long as you do kind of core hours, 10 to 3, and do your contracted hours, you can sort of work to what suits you, which is quite nice on a Friday afternoon to finish a little bit early. So. I, I bet everybody's that. off on a Friday afternoon, aren't they? <laughs> it's very quiet after three, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought so. Um, Tom, on to you. Okay, so um, my fun fact about the company is that we have a lot of um, team social events um, in our team. So I've been here for less than a year now, but we've I, I've experienced uh, wine tasting, uh, pottery classes, uh, rock climbing, and also we've played rounders after work as well. So oh. a lot of fun activities out there for everyone. <laughs> Oh, see, with wine tasting, I'll be there in, in, in a dash. I would be there. <laughs> Dan, Dan, on to you. So mine's about Faithful and Gould specifically. We've got offices in over 50 countries throughout across the world um, and secondments to offices abroad are encouraged. And I'm sure Atkins have got even more offices worldwide as well. Oh, is that in your future plans then, Dan, to go and um, on to comment elsewhere? It would be definitely part of the part of what I want to do yeah five-year plan thinking ahead 
And You're so, there, yeah, I'm coming there next. Don't, don't, don't steal my question, Carla. Yeah, I was thinking that, so I better show up because Jesse's going to be like, Carla, error, error. Okay, thanks everybody for the quick fire round. Um, so let's meet um, the grads in a little bit more detail. So Ellie, Tom and Dan, I'm going to start with you. Ellie again, could you just tell us um, about where you went to university and what did you study? Yeah, so I went to Swansea University and I studied chemical engineering there. Fantastic. And then what made you decide to um, join Atkins? Um, I think there's a few things I really like the idea of working for a consultancy um, I think it helps to kind of have the people side as well as your kind of technical engineering and I think it's kind of a bit of a myth that engineers just want to work in a dark room by themselves so it's quite nice to have that kind of dual side of a consultancy um, and also definitely the people when I went through kind of all the interview process um, it was a really nice process I think from the recruitment like early careers recruitment side um, down to kind of the interview you have with your line manager and in my case it was with another grad as well so it was a really kind of comfortable experience that that brought me there and then also just the scope of work I think from kind of what Neve said there you can tell we work in a huge range of kind of areas so you know there is something for everyone and whatever you're interested in they really encourage you to get involved in yeah I think that's something Ellie about the people at Atkins and I would say this if you were guys were here um but me and Jess have mentioned you know we've been to visit, visit them in Birmingham London and I remember a couple of years ago it was their Birmingham um, team meeting so there was me and little Jess just, just went to and there was must have been about 10, 15 of you there, Neve. And, you know, they, they just welcomed us with open arms. Um, so definitely a really friendly bunch. We really enjoyed that meeting. Um, Dan, on to you. So where you went to university and what did you study? So I went to the University of Reading and studied environmental physics, which is essentially the sort of scientific background of climate change. Thank you, Dan. And last but not least, Tom. Um, so I went to Imperial College London and I studied mechanical engineering. Lovely. Thank you very much, Tom. And what we're going to do now is um, just tell us a little, tell you all a little bit more about our relationship with Atkins before we then go on to meet the grads in more detail. So I've mentioned about our relationship with Atkins um, over the last well, 10 years or so, which is a really close relationship. Um, they've also been to the Gradcracker headquarters up in York, um, where we've been out for a couple of cheeky pub sessions, but we didn't have any drinks, unfortunately, did we, Jess? We were well, very well behaved. Nice pub lunch. Uh, nice pub lunch. Um, the Atkins insights are also on their hub, um, as is the previous webinar. So make sure you go and have a look after this webinar um, and do some research before you apply to their opportunities. Atkins also, the General Jessica, sponsors the Gradcracker Toolkit, in which this is the, the new um, edition for, for this year. So you can find the Gradcracker Toolkit um, online because it's an ebook, I call flipping books, I'm old fashioned. Um, and you can also go to your career service and collect a hard copy. So, Neve, back to you, my love. So, when will you be opening um, your opportunities? So, you open your placement and graduate opportunities on Gradcracker, but give us a rough idea about timelines. Sure, yeah. So, it, it's all coming to a head. So, next week, we're going to go live. Um, we always say commencing the week of. Yeah. So, um, I think um, if people will log into our website next week, you'll see that all our roles are live there with 
you know, great job descriptions, team descriptions, a few videos giving you insight to the roles, you know, that are available. And um, it can be a bit overwhelming. There's so much choice out there. Yeah. So um, one of the great things when you pop onto our website next week, there'll be a chatbot role finder and you can put in a bit about your background and what you're interested in. And it will bring you to a job that it thinks it will suit you. But I always suggest just get on the website, get researching, read it all. And the placements will open later in October. But again, it's a quite a good opportunity once you go live with grad roles, pop on and have a look at the grad roles because they're often mirrored in placements. Yeah. Of course, when placements open, then you'll know for definite what roles and what locations are available for you. Fantastic. Thanks for that, Neve. Um, and like Neve said, so the, the, all of the graduate opportunities will be listed on GradCracker. So make sure you get ahead of the time. Make sure you go onto the Atkins Hub today um, and press follow. So then you will be alerted by email and push notification when they do op open their graduate positions next week. And then obviously their placements in the autumn. So watch this space. Um, deadlines and things like that, Neve. have you got any idea about when the deadlines are going to be for both of those? So deadlines... I always think if you're working towards a deadline, you're a bit slow, like you're, you're behind the curve. Yeah. Don't think of that end date, think of the opening date. Yeah. It's so important to apply in a timely manner, particularly if the role you're interested in is really popular, because if there is a lot of interest, we will close earlier you know, than we're expecting. Um, I believe this year our roles will close for application in November, but of course there's always exceptions to the rule and it very much depends on the location and the role type. So I always say, you know, get the application in as soon as possible so you can enjoy the rest of your first term. There's no point having it hanging over you as you come towards, you know, perhaps getting essays in or, you know, tutorials or, you know, all the hard work starting. So the main thing is don't focus on the closing date, focus on the opening date. Yeah, definitely. And I think me and Jess will agree with that entirely. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't wait until the deadline. You know, these roles will close as soon as Atkins has had enough yeah. um, good quality applications. And we're seeing thousands and thousands of visitors to Gradcracker every single day. So get your applications in as soon as they open. I was going to say PDQ, pretty damn quick. Um, yeah. So from, um, I know all the grads use GradCracker extensively when they, they were um, applying to their opportunities. What we like to do as part of these webinars is really give some helpful hints and tips to the, the audience, you know, who are watching this webinar about how you as grads utilise GradCracker to find that perfect opp opportunity and to thoroughly research Atkins as an employer. So Ellie, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you now. How did you use um, GradCracker? What hints and tips could you give a student who, you know, we've we've got hundreds of opportunities, thousands of opportunities, hundreds of employers. How did you utilize the website to help with your job search? Yeah, I think one of the first ways that's really great that GradCracker has is the fact you can kind of filter down to your degree area. So particularly if you're quite open to different kind of sectors or jobs, that's a really good way to not have to kind of go through each one yourself and spend a lot of time finding which ones you can apply for. And I think um, another another feature I used a lot, I know you've said there about don't focus too much on closing dates, but I know that GradCracker's advertisements kind of really highlight the closing dates because yeah. I think often you can spend a long time on each application, like sometimes sort of up to a week or even more. And I used to take the questions off and put them on a Word document to kind of work yeah. on them and edit them. 
So I think if you're not working on the website, sometimes you can kind of lose visibility of how long have I got left or, you know, when is this due? And I don't think there's anything worse than spending kind of weeks doing something and going on and it's actually expired. So definitely kind of just be aware of that. Keep kind of a tracker, whether it's in like an Excel spreadsheet or just on a post-it note or whatever works best for you. But keep a track of what you're applying for and when it's due so that you can prioritise because most of us will be applying for more than one. So I think that's a really good way to keep on top of it. Yeah, definitely. And, and we've, we've kind of geared up um, Grad Cracker as well, because we listen to our students, you know, we listen to our graduates. And this is why um, the students can save the jobs to shortlist as well and track their way through the applications. And I know I've had many a phone call from, from a student ringing in and saying, oh, you know, Carla, I've had applied to that job and I can't remember what the job description said. So this is why you save your jobs to your job diary. Um, and then you can go back, like Ellie said, and as like Ellie said, sorry, and um, just remember the key points when you do go to the interview stage. And on there as well, it actually counts you down how many days you've got to that yeah. deadline. So Lightning said, don't leave it till you've got one day left. Leave it till you've got, you know, a couple of hundred left. So it gives you plenty of time. Cool. Definitely, yeah. Thanks very much, Ellie. Jess, I'm going on to you now. Yes, you are. <laughs> roles. You're not having a nap, love. We're doing a live right No, now. I was thinking, I just want to screen share and tell you we're all allowed to do it. But anyway, everyone that's, reg- everyone that's listening now will all be registered. Yeah, I'm going to have my mum moan now. Well, then. So after this session, make sure you go onto your dashboard and use these features because I promise you they'll help you in the long run. Um, so yeah, get following Atkins and save all the jobs. Right, anyway, let's go on to talk about roles. Um, Ellie, I'm going to come to you first again, if that's okay, just because you are top of my list. Um, yeah. Just tell me about your current role and what life is looking like for you at the moment. Yeah, so I'm a graduate systems engineer and I sit within the ADS&T practice that Neve said, which is aerospace, defence, security and technology. So a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> um, I work predominantly in defence at the moment. So I'm working on two projects that are both defence based, which is a really interesting industry and not necessarily one that I thought I'd end up in in uni. But so it's quite it's quite a learning curve, but definitely really interesting. And I'd say everyone kind of be open to it because I didn't necessarily know that somewhere that you know, there'd be opportunities. But I think, as I said, that's a great thing about Atkins. So, yeah. Who are some of your clients, Ellie, then? Do you deal with, like, the armed forces? Can you tell us? Yeah. Yeah, so our main client is um, the Ministry of Defence. So that can be anywhere from um, kind of Navy, um, Army, um, Royal Air Force, or, like, now they've got the Defence Digital, so, like, more cyber and Space Command is a kind of growing area as well. Um, Most of our projects are kind of cyber and land at the moment although we do do quite a few submarine projects which I'd quite like to work on in the future but yeah yeah, at the moment I'm predominantly land-based so kind of working with the army which is really interesting yeah so do you get to choose have you finished dying Jess sorry yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) because of the excitement and so do you get to choose so you mentioned that you're on land at the moment so then do you get to choose if you can go on to like submarines and everything else or is it just based on what projects come up sort of a mix of both so you can definitely put a preference to a line manager and then they'll kind of um, make sure they speak to the resourcing people to say when something for example in submarines come up Ellie is interested in it but obviously it's kind of the time as well so it might not be as soon as you start you might have to wait six months for that sort of project to become available but you can definitely kind of register your interest in areas. And when you say submarine or marine or you know whatever like that that kind of project what would a project like that entail? So it can be really, really broad. Um, so 
kind of it can be from anything from sort of designing the steps to a submarine. That's what one of my colleagues is doing at the moment. So he's doing kind of AutoCAD drawings of, of the steps of a submarine, or it could be kind of more stakeholder side. So you're working with the, the end user to find out like requirements. What do you need from this? That's sort of more what I've done within um, systems engineering. So it's kind of, yeah, it can be, it can be across the life cycle of, of a lot of different kind of areas. So quite hard to pinpoint one thing yeah Yeah. and you know what to me that's the really appealing Mm. side of it that it could be any element uh, you know across the project across a you know life cycle of a product or whatever and to me that must be really exciting to know that it could take you in any direction yeah definitely and I think then you can suit your skills like if you Mm. are someone that wants to be more client facing and have a bit more interaction you can get involved in that or if you do prefer to do more the calculations or the design side you can stay a bit more that side so it keeps it quite open to what you prefer and at the moment would you say you prefer to be more client facing or behind the scenes I do prefer the client side which I wouldn't have necessarily thought before because I always thought I was a little bit more of an introvert but actually I think I get quite a lot of kind of energy from having those client interactions and the workshops and it kind of can help you understand the end result of what you're working on which I think is really motivating. Mm, I can can imagine that also helps you with the design or you know with the relationship with what you're doing because you're understanding where it's going who it's going to and exactly what they want so yeah very interesting Ellie I like it and Tom I'm going to come to you next if you could just tell me a bit about your current role and and what you're doing. Okay um, so I'm in the um, uh, Faithful and Gold Consulting Uh, we used to be called strategic asset management but uh, this year we rebranded as the consult team i'm a graduate consultant there Uh, what i mainly work on is um, life cycle costing and life cycle carbon analysis what those two terms generally mean is um, we try to quantify uh, the amount of money and the amount of related carbon emission from a project so um, that's what we usually do and um, we also do some asset management projects as well so um, the asset management here doesn't necessarily refer to investment as some people might commonly think Um, what we refer here is about um, actually management of physical assets for um, for clients for example we've been working on some railway projects Um, they have like a lot of assets in their different stations and we help them develop a strategy to help them efficiently manage all of their assets Gosh, that seems like quite a, a range already, you know, of opportunities and everything you've got to get your head around in, in one job. In terms of the, that element side, do you prefer the asset management side or more the consultancy side of, you know, looking at your carbon footprint and, you know, reducing that? Which, which side do you prefer? Um, well, this is only my first year in, so um, yeah. I, I can't give you an exact answer. Um, well, honestly, I, I like all of them. So, um, so hopefully in the future, I can still have you know, more opportunities to be exposed in both of them and then I can find the side. And, uh, and um, just to add on to some, to some point is that there's a lot of client facing none of these two, um, two aspects of our work, which is also why um, I went for this role. So um, as, as mentioned earlier, I come from engineering background, but um, I, I always want my job to be a more interactive and um, mm. to, to talk to people. <laughs> so, um, so which is also why um, I, I really enjoy the, the work that I'm doing. And you're still obviously enjoying it. You're not thinking, oh, no, I changed my mind. I want to go back. I want to go back and hide behind the scenes. Uh, no, not yet, at least. <laughs> no, I'm sure you won't. You come across great. Uh, Dan, coming to you next. Um, so, yeah, a bit about, same question, a bit about your role and, and what you've been up to. 
So like Tom, um, I'm a graduate consultant sat in the consult team at Faithful and Gould. Um, I sit in the sustainability of the pillar, pillar of the team. Um, so the majority of my work is on carbon and energy reduction strategies. Um, we do a lot of work for clients who are sort of trying to achieve their net zero goals um, and sort of heat decarbonisation plans as well. Um, and in addition to that, I do a fair bit of work on sustainability certification schemes as well. So by the sounds of it then, with your, you know, what you studied is part of your degree, you always knew that this was something that you wanted to do, you know, as a career. Um, yeah. It's nice, obviously, you found that and you can do that within Atkins, which is, is fantastic. What would you say, if you learn anything dramatic doing this job, is the, you know, are we on track? <laughs> this is a bit of a big question. But you, I can imagine, like, you, you know, you can find it quite rewarding turning situations around and thinking, you know, you're actually doing such a positive job every day. Yeah. Yeah, it can be quite a mammoth task, um, especially when you're sort of developing strategies that are, you know, looking at the next 30 years, maybe. So a lot of our work is for um, sort of large public sector organisations. So we work like I think the biggest one to date in the team is the Ministry of Justice, which is the the second largest um, organisation in government. Um, So, yeah, there's quite sort of staggering figures in terms of what needs to be done in terms of carbon and energy reductions and then the costs associated with that as well. Um, so yeah, that's a, it's quite a hit to take when, you, when you're giving yeah. them these large figures in order to, to reduce their carbon. And you don't get disheartened with it? I don't get the what, sorry? You don't get disheartened with it? No, no, I've always wanted to... Are we going to be all right? Yeah, we're saving the world one day at a time. Got the whole bit of the world in your shoulders, but Dan's going to save us, I'm sure you will. Um, Neve, going to come to you. Um, just want to talk about, um, you know, again, when I'm speaking to, to students, I always really promote the work that, that you guys do, and especially the work that you do need as, as part of your team, because I know that as you're part of your graduate programs and your placements, you offer a really good support network. As you've mentioned, the, you know, the groups outside of work that you guys offer, but you've got your graduate programs and the whole recruitment process down to a T. And um, so could you just kind of let the audience know a bit about the support and training that you offer in the mm. first kind of maybe first part of the year or the first kind of elements of the, the graduate program and how it works? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's really, really important um, with the the graduates that come to us, that early careers, that you're being supported to be the best that you can be, to do the job that you've come to do. And we have people who've never had a job before who start with us. We have other people who might have actually worked in industry for a while, gone back to do a master's and are now coming into the working world. So the first thing I would say is that our graduate programme is incredibly flexible and it's not a case of you get on the conveyor belt and you know we spit you out at the end and you're all carbon copies of each other so the learning and development and the support that you have can be very much tailored to what you need but even before you've officially you know signed the paperwork and you're sitting in an office even before that we have a number of support systems in place to help you gear up to get ready to work with us So um, we have a buddy scheme. So that means once you've made your offer, we can assign somebody to you. They're usually based in your office. They're based on your team. They can, you know, give you a bit of insight to the projects that they're working on, or they could even 
have a chat with you and it could be something as simple as where do I park my bike the first day yeah. get to the office or what's the best place to get, get a cup, cup of coffee you know um, and then we also have a fantastic app called Connector um, and this has been really great for onboarding um, candidates from a social perspective but also learning a bit more about our culture and about what we do so there's modules that you can do before you join us so that you're in the right headspace and you join mm -hmm. and then within the graduate scheme itself so you know we take people from like multidisciplinary backgrounds and into such a wide variety of roles so the learning support can be quite different depending on what you need and what you're looking for so obviously with some roles there'll be a route to chartership and you know they'll support you financially with that but also by giving you all the exposure you need to different competencies but then there's also things like business specific learning so to do your job you might need to use a really business specific software or you have to know like what's the industry standards for what you're doing and then there's also bespoke learning so a part of that is maybe identifying what you want to develop so whether that's you come to us and you know that you're going to stick in a technical role and we can develop you on that technical side or it could be you come to us and it's something as you know simple as public speaking you want a bit of help with that or to be client facing so the supports are really wide varied in terms of and um, the social aspect unofficial yeah. uh, behind the scenes and then the official you know learning and development development we have is fantastic as well and then once you're in the business you have that network of new graduates and that's where you find out all the need to know and you build your network so there's there's a lot of support and we like to support the the individual holistically yeah definitely and guys can you, any of you guys add to that is there any any experiences you've had in terms of the sport or training that's really helped you progress in the in the first kind of elements of the, of the program yeah i'll jump in here um so in order to get my um, accreditation and chartership that I'm sort of progressing to work towards, um, Faithful and Gould have funded me to do a part-time master's in renewable energy. Um, so obviously it's great to, to see that they've got that level of investment in me as a graduate mm -hmm. um, and are looking to sort of help with progressing my career in order to align with what I want to be working in. So I think that's great. Yeah. How, how does that work then, um, Dan, with splitting your time between you know, doing your master's and then doing your, your day job? Do you, do, you, do you have to manage that yourselves? Because I think you know, students watching this webinar will think, OK, well, I, would, I want to do that as well. But how do I manage my time? So tell us a little bit more about that. So, yeah, it can be difficult in terms of time management. Um, the way my university structures it is that you do a whole module in a week um, and then you, I think you have eight weeks to do the assessments. Um, so you just got to be really sort of efficient with looking at when you're working. You know, I have conversations with my manager as well to make sure that my workload in the weeks where I've got an assignment isn't sort of overly stressful so I can balance out my time and I'm not like working any additional hours at work, you know. Like it does require work in the evenings and the weekends, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's something that I'm interested in. So when I'm doing the work, it's not like a massive chore or anything. You know, it's it's actively interesting. So yeah, but the company are, are great with supporting me in terms of sort of well-being of not being overworked. Yeah, I guess as well you can apply it to what you're you're mm. actually doing on a day-to-day -day basis, can't you? You know, it's not. Yeah, exactly. You know, in the previous yeah, bachelors without, you know, doing it alongside work is, is a different game, isn't it? But now you can apply it to what you're, what you're doing on a daily basis. I, I guess it helps. Yeah. So I'm a year in and I've done a, obviously done a third of, 
of the course and I've already been able to apply things that I've learned on the course into sort of everyday work life and then I can also I'm also able to sort of share what I've learned at university with my colleagues as well so it's really useful yeah that's a win-win all around isn't it it's win for win for for the the company and a win for you as an individual so that's brilliant Ellie Tom have you got anything to add to that don't worry if you don't I know I'm putting you on the spot but just a nice second what Neve said really yeah I'd just reiterate her point of it's really tailored I think even within the other graduates that are doing the exact same role as me will have really different kind of um, development journeys so it's like you have a very close relationship with your line manager and they are very much your first point of contact to say this is where I feel I'm lacking or this is where I'd like to get more skills and that's completely kind of driven by you which I think is nice because we do all have different areas we want to go towards and work in so yeah I think it's nice to have that rather than kind of a one size fits all training route for all of the graduates they definitely tailor it yeah brilliant that's great Ellie thank you just think about training development then as well um so is it is it all one-to-one so if you if you mentioned you want a soft skill I think you mentioned Dan about um, public speaking or Neva somebody mentioned about public speaking are these things done on a one-on-one basis are you in groups so you can kind of you know bond with your peers as well I don't know who that question's to but who can whoever has got an answer so in the sort of 18 months that I've I've been here majority of my training has been virtual because of obviously due to COVID so it's been sort of online courses um, which are in some cases like a video on the sort of internal learning area of our of our website Um, and then you can also choose to do sort of external training as well Um, and yeah there's also sort of knowledge group knowledge share sessions that are run um, where sort of grads will will group together and someone will present about something they're doing so that's the sort of group basis. Oh, I'd like that, just so you can get to know what everybody else is doing as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to sort of get to know what other people in the organisation are doing. Mm. I think that's so important as well with an organisation as as big as Atkins, because I think you could get siloed into your own little department. I know at Gradcracker, you know, we're really keen for everybody to know what everybody's doing. And just because, you know, my role impacts on Jess's role and vice versa and the web team and everything else. And so it's nice that somebody like as big as Atkins also has, you know, you know, similar mindset to that. Mm. I think are we going to go on to projects? Projects, yeah. So next, um, Ellie, I'm going to come back to you because, again, you're top of my list, my love. Um, if you could just tell us a bit about some of the projects that you've been involved in so far or maybe your favourite project you've been involved in so far. Yeah, so as I said, my kind of two client projects I've been involved in since I started are both land defence. One of them sensitive, so I can't really talk about it, but the other one is called the CTTP. So it's the Collective Training Transformation Programme, where they're basically aiming to kind of upgrade how they train um, soldiers in the army. So they're looking to use kind of more um, virtual environments rather than just like land-based environments. So it's a really big um, project within the MOD, one of the kind of biggest funded ones in, in recent years. So it's a massive one and it's I think that's been a big benefit for me because it's a really big team within the business so Mm -hmm. I've got to come into a team where there's a lot of kind of senior individuals and really learn from them which I think is kind of the the best way to do it 
Um, and then on top of that, kind of external to clients I'd work. I'm also, I sit on an, our young professional forum in our area of the business as a volunteering coordinator. So that's something I'm quite personally interested in. And it's a really good opportunity to, so I kind of put up, set up events for other young professionals to get involved in to do, because we have two corporate volunteering days a year we can use. So um, to help them kind of be able to use that and make it a bit easier. So yeah, that's quite a nice kind of internal initiative that I've been on. Brilliant. And just to stick with that topic, what kind of events do you run? Is it is it just for people that are maybe on the grad programme or can anyone join yeah. so, as well? So at the moment it is just um, young professional based. So that's all our graduates, apprentices and year in industry students. Um, so we've got one coming up in October actually, which is volunteering at a youth centre in Bristol. So we just go for the day, we're going to do some painting and gardening and it's kind of a really nice way to do some socializing after covid because i know for me personally i started in lockdown so i think it's been quite a, a slow burner to get to know people so i think now we can do a bit more being able to go out and set those things up is really good for both the kind of you know volunteering side and the networking side definitely do you feel as though you've been at a disadvantage joining a company in lockdown um yeah no i i think i probably I would say it is yeah I think it's been more difficult I think um you know you touched on it earlier Carla with even going back into the office you kind of want the more senior people going back in as well to learn from them and I know that you know there are loads of advantages to working from home so it's, it's a slow journey and I think it has been harder but I think Atkins has been conscious of that and you know we have a lot of things set up like we have coffee breaks every week with our other grads so it's just a half an hour session where we don't talk about work you just kind of talk about anything that you would like if you were to go to make a tea in the office that sort of conversation and I think things like that are really important because it, it is harder to kind of make those relationships that you would in the office so yeah I think it is more difficult but it's about being conscious of the ways you can reach out to people and I think like like I said earlier everyone at Atkins is so friendly that you know being confident and saying oh can I have a chat people say yes and you get a lot out of it. Yeah. fingers crossed we don't know what the future holds fingers crossed we don't have to go back ever into a lockdown but if you were to give anyone advice as any students that are listening now what have you learned doing this kind of working from home experience what would advice would you give to a graduate that's thinking about applying now about working from home because I know you touched upon you know almost pushing yourself a bit to reach out anything else that you did that kind of helped yeah I think just look for other areas you can get involved in so I know kind of particularly Atkins because we're project-based work so you can get very stuck into just doing that but I think a great way to meet other people is to sign up for other things like Neve said even if it's just Yammer pages just be active on other forums because that's a great way to meet people outside of just your team and I think that's what you'd have in the office is you'd be meeting people that you wouldn't necessarily work with but would be in the office with you so just yeah kind of diversify yourself a bit and I think most kind of the big companies there's loads to get involved in and you'll be able to find something that you're interested in and particularly Atkins we've got loads of kind of different opportunities you can put your hand up for and meet new people. I think that's the thing though isn't it I think you know some of our students will be sat at home now thinking or you know sat in the halls or wherever thinking oh am, am I the only person who who feels like this but if you if you join these networking groups and everything else then you can speak to you know like-minded people and and share knowledge you know you might be sat at home think you know with, with your own skill set and get involved in these groups get involved in in, in these networks and, and share your knowledge um to, with the other people as well I do think that's a huge benefit um 
Yeah, I'd just say as well, be vulnerable with your other grads. I think you join normally in a cohort and I think you're all going through the same thing. You'll have the same worries and, you know, they talk about imposter syndrome a lot. I think a lot of us go through that. So just be honest and speak up to each other. They're not your competition. They are your colleagues. So yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. And, you know, as well, I think like what you just said, Carla, you know, the students that are listening now, you know, will probably be feeling the same, you know even just being at university say for the first time or being back on campus for the first time they might be in the second year and it's the first time I've actually been on campus you know everyone's like we're at the moment we're all going in this together aren't we so ask the questions put yourself out there join the groups it's okay to say I need help with this or I've got a question so yeah it's a really good point um Tom I'm going to come to you next a favorite project you have experienced so far whilst being at Atkins um okay so um i think my this should be my my very first big project so this was like after a month in um so my line manager gave me a project to um help do again this thing i mentioned earlier so do life cycle costing and life cycle carbon assessment on the residential development in london um so that project is still in progress i'm, I'm not going to really talk in details about the names of the project and stuff but it, it was a really fun experience and i actually um, got to work with um, so like uh, colleagues within our company from uh, in different regions. So um, we we had we have engineers from other parts in, in the UK, and we also work with other companies that were involved in the development as well. So uh, I mean this I mean working in, in these kind of big projects is a really good chance to network at the same time because you, you get to work with these people, and um, and. At the very end, I actually get to uh, to present my findings to the client. So that was sort of my um, very first presentation and uh, joining the joining the business, and um, it was done virtually. So uh, it felt a bit weird, especially when when you try to tell a joke but you can't see them laughing or, yeah. or, or you, <laughs> yeah. any of them responding. Um, but, but but again, um, it, it's it's been a really interesting experience. And w- once you have done your very first like project, you'll feel a lot easier moving on. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, like passing the first milestone. <laughs> Oh, well done. I will say, though, this is kind of a little bit of a message to our students. You know, Tom, um, Tom just mentioned about presenting. And if, if you don't have your cameras on, I know we can't always have our cameras on, but if you don't have your cameras on, it's so hard for people like Tom to, to inter- interact with you when you are presenting. So hmm. Jessica is going to be on campus virtually in October, November. So if you are on campus and you are being presented to by Jessica, put your cameras on because she wants to see your little faces and it's just so much easier isn't it Jess if we can see smiling little faces behind the scenes it is it does help though Tom doesn't it It because like you say sometimes (laughs) you say stuff you think is anyone even out there (laughs) exactly exactly I've got a session after this so anyone from King's College London after this session I'm coming for you so take yeah. your cameras on and <laughs> um, nice to see your faces and um, thanks Tom that was good and to, uh, Dan gonna come to you next projects favorite projects so far yeah sure so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my first one as well um, uh-huh. so it's the end of my first week I was put on the MOJ um, Ministry of Justice net zero carbon roadmap project. Um, this was the sort of first project of its kind that we'd had in the company. Um, we'd never done an energy and carbon re- reduction strategy before. So it was a good basis to sort of set the benchmark of the level of detail and sort of caliber of work that we can produce. Obviously, with being such a big government department, and the, I think the project lasted about eight months um, with extensive sort of client contact throughout. Um, we were able to get sort of more work following on from this first initial project, both looking at more specific projects from the MOJ, as well as that 
piece of work being shared with wider government departments and then those departments coming to Atkins, Faithful and Gould in order to do the same sort of work for them. And interesting how you you know it's a mix of defence, isn't it? And I think yeah. that's uh, it. Must be interesting to work with the different groups. I can imagine how do, how would you do this, right, Ellie? You, I was going to make this point to you earlier as well. Is it not a bit overwhelming? You know, when you don't know of something about a particular industry, and then you get landed on a project. What's the support that you get? Because what happens if you don't understand that whole defence sector, for example? How do you? How can you? do your job properly if you don't understand the industry that you're working with like what support do you get there to understand that do you see what I mean yeah that was definitely the case with me I had no construction background whatsoever before I came into the sort of environment industry um there are sort of a lot of acronyms that are thrown at you in meetings yeah. and things that that you don't know um but there's a great sort of support network you know as we said we've got buddies um yeah. but also you can talk to anyone else in the team about about anything and if they if they know the answer I'm, I'm sure they'll help you if not they'll try to help you um so yeah it can be a little bit overwhelming but i'd say just sort of in that sort of circumstance make a note of what it is yeah. and then either sort of use your own time to to do a bit of research into what they mean um or just ask anyone and they'll and they'll help you out with it I think that's the thing you've got to have a trust in your mentor and yeah. in yourself as well that you know that they're not going to stick you on a project that <laughs> and watch you drown are they you know so you're going to have that safety net you're going to have people that have got your best interests and they're going to help you along the process and I think this is a bit of a lesson to all of us isn't it it's all about asking questions and communicating because there is people out there that you know want to help and you know can help you and um, so no that's that's a really great point so thanks Dan and um, so next I know we're going to kind of talk a bit about learning and development aren't we and I know we've kind of touched upon that a bit earlier um Carla but I know you want to make a bit more of that yeah so what I really want to do I know we've kind of covered off with Dan and Ellie about your learning and development um, that you've had previously so Tom I'm going to pick you up a bit on um, what you've just mentioned about having to do a presentation and I know from a lot of our employers um, who advertise on Gradcracker part of the whole application process would be for the students or the graduates to do a presentation now, just give us the students watching today a little bit of advice on, you know, how you how you studied your nerves. How did you prep for the presentation? And um, if it was in person and it wasn't, but if it was in person, would you give people slides? Just give us a bit of background about that and any helpful hints and tips to our students watching today. Um, OK, I, I guess um, it would be more helpful if I shared a bit of my experience during my interview as well, because there was also a presentation involved. Yeah, um, brilliant. Thank so you. So I just say, I, I mean, I, I guess most of the uh, audience here will be trying to um, apply for a job interview soon. Yeah. And so for that presentation, make sure it's a topic that you're relatively familiar with. So, mm -hmm. for example, um, I had a chance to talk about actually my final year project and some of the challenges that I faced. Um, so always pick something you're familiar with, um, so that at least subconsciously you'll feel easier. And yeah. um, and I know some some people prefer to use scripts. Um, I tend not to do that. You can have like uh, note cards, or you can just remember some important phrases or sentences. But try yeah. not to write big paragraphs of of scripts to uh, to memorize. Mm -hmm. um, especially when nervous you, you, you end up forgetting most of them yeah. and, and, and in worse scenarios you actually like uh, like recite them in a, in a different sequence that only mm -hmm. make things worse um so just always try to to be familiar i, I think that's very important and um 
uh, so when, when I did my presentation virtually, um, so that's what I did. I actually just wrote some very simple notes uh, on my other screen. So I can refer to just in case I missed some of the points. Uh, and um, what else? And again, uh, I guess uh, virtually uh, it's, it's very different. So you, you don't really see the other person like face to face. You can't look them into the eye. Um, what, what I would suggest is just look, look, look to the camera itself. And yeah. especially sometimes when doing a video interview as well, uh, mm -hmm. just always look at the camera instead of looking elsewhere. Otherwise, um, I, the, the interviewer might think you're reading a script as well. So, um, yeah. so yeah, just uh, try to um, ha have, have more, um, you know, eye-to-eye -eye contact uh, yeah. when, whenever possible and uh, don't try to memorize stuff. Yeah, definitely. I second that. And I think, you know, just make, make sure you're in a calm and quite a quiet environment as well. So, for example, outside of my window, if I had my blind open, I've got chickens running all over and they just distract me. So I have to every Thursday at two o'clock, people, I've got five chickens out there, but I have to close my blinds and everything else and really focus on what I'm doing. Um, otherwise, it's, it's really easy to get distracted, especially if you are me. So thank you, Tom, for those um, helpful hints and tips. So we all like to kind of Mystic Meg. Does everybody remember Mystic Meg? No. Oh, I do. My, thanks, love. That just shows <laughs> my age. Um, so what we want to do now is just um, speak to Dan, Ellie and Tom about your futures. So what, what is in store for the future? Um, you know, you're kind of, I don't like five-year plan. It's just, too, it's just too extreme. But next couple of months, you know, next project or next rotation, what's, what's in store for you? Ellie, we're going to come to you first. Oh, yeah, gosh. I don't mind. Sorry, I thought I said I Dan. <laughs> oh. oh, did you say Dan? I think so. Oh, I'm happy to jump in. Sorry oh, if sorry. I missed you. <laughs> no, sorry, Dan, um, you go first. So I'm currently working on a decarbonisation plan for the Royal Borough of Greenwich. So we're looking at all of the sort of council-owned properties and looking at how we can decarbonise those. Um, deadlines looming for that, so it will be all on all hands on deck for that project for now um, and then I'll be going away on leave which will be nicely earned oh where are you going just sounds Cornwall oh, nice. keeping it all internal this year yeah why not um thanks so much for that Dan uh, Ellie on to you yeah I'd like to probably try a bit of a different domain so move on from land defense and something a bit different potentially even our sort of um, security and intelligence market or something like that um, I'd quite like a little bit further down the line to get a bit of experience in project management as well I think that's something that's really great about Atkins is because we are that kind of um, like multidiscipline consultancy you can get involved in different things like that and that's something that aligns to my competencies for chartership anyway which is a more long-term goal um, and then also a little bit further down the line is I'd like to get a bit more involved in the people side so I'd like to become a line manager eventually and, and things like that to have a bit more of those those softer kind of parts of the job as well. Do you have to take a specific route then Ellie to become you know a, a line manager so could you could you do you have to go a, a different route to be able to go down that way or is it just everybody will become a line manager in the future? Yep so that's one nice thing about kind of starting Atkins is my line manager started on the graduate scheme five years ago so she's not that much older than me so I can really relate to her and I feel like I can be very honest and things like that so um, it's not kind of a different route for your general day job it's just if you if you're kind of interested in that then once you get kind of enough experience in the job so I think normally kind of five five years is the minimum then you can yeah. kind of put your put your hand up and 
and um, probably start with a few people and then grow to more people so but there's other steps in between you can get involved in like the recruitment processes of doing interviews and things like that and that's something they encourage us as grads to do so for yeah. the early careers interviews to sit in so that you know for the kind of apprentices or graduates you've got someone else young sat in the interview and I think that can kind of put your nerves to rest a little bit as well so that's yeah that's kind of the journey there. Oh, so watch this space and people watching might see Ellie's face <laughs> at the interview process. Go on. Never know. You keep putting your hand up. <laughs> yeah, it was just because actually um, my colleague Hannah, who'll be watching this now, bless her life, um, I was actually asked her recently to, she's going to put it together, she's been doing it this week, mm-hmm. is to almost explain how graduate programmes work. You know, and um, you mentioned earlier, Ellie, about um, almost pitching to what um, almost placement you want to do next or rotation you mm-hmm. want to do next. And could we could you just explain to the audience on really how that works and how in advance do you have to almost pitch for your next you know opportunity and how how really that works for your line manager and everyone else? Yeah, so it can really vary. I think it's just to say to your line manager as early as possible. Um, and I think it's really a case of it's who you know. So a lot of the times um, sort of projects can come in or roles can become available and it's kind of not a case of it necessarily going formally through resourcing. But if you know the project manager or if you know the technical lead on there, they can be like, oh, I know Ellie's interested in this. Mm-hmm. Let me pass it on to her. So we've got um, within my practice, you've got professional, young professional development time. So that's four hours a week. You can do anything you want. And a lot of people use that to get involved in kind of areas that there might not be um, sort of project work at the moment but that way they can get contacts in the area they can start to know people and put their name out and then when an opportunity becomes available people know that they want to go into it I think that happens quite a lot with aerospace because we get a lot of aerospace students come in um, and so a lot of people want to go onto those projects so yeah it's I think it's about saying it as early as possible and kind of almost tell as many people as possible as well because I think that's sort of the way you get there and yeah get there as quickly as possible. So sometimes by the sounds of it, it's quite unofficial. There's not necessarily all of a sudden after this you switch and you go in here next. You know, it yeah. could be, you know, you could do the literally the world is your oyster, as cheesy as it sounds in terms of projects and where you could end up and who you could be working with. Yeah, exactly. I'd completely agree on that. And I think it's it's very much a case of when you feel like you've got the maximum value out of what you're on at the moment, you kind of say, I'm ready to move on and they put you onto something else. So it's very much driven by what you feel and how much you want or what you want to kind of go into, definitely. Uh, interesting. So that particular opportunity, sorry, Cal, I know <laughs> we're grilling you all now. So that particular <laughs> project that you're working on now, you could say, I want to be on this particular opportunity for a month, or you could be doing this for six months. That's then up to you how long you want to be on the, that role for. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. And actually recently, um, a sort of a week long um, opportunity came up that was quite different and it was something I wanted to get involved in. So I sort of left my project for the week, went on to that and then went back on. So it's very driven by you and you can sort of, yeah, be very, they they like to be very flexible with it so that you Mm -hmm. can get the most out of it as a graduate. So, you know, it might sound a bit intimidating to say, oh, you as a graduate would say, oh, I'm done on this project. I've got my most out of it. But, you know, no one ever takes it personally or is offended. It's yeah, very much to make you the best sort of you can be. Yeah, oh, that sounds really good. Sorry, Carla, you're going to ask something. 
No, I was just going to say, how, do, how does the business manage that though, Ellie? So if you've, if, if that business area has, you know, five people working on that project and then halfway through you say, well, actually, no, I've, I've, I've learned what I want to learn here. I want to move on. How does the business manage that, like with the workflow and, and, and staff moving about from department to, to, to department? Yeah, so it's got to be a bit of a balance. I think obviously yeah. to to an extent you can say I want to move on, but not necessarily tomorrow. So you know you might have to work out another month or say while they kind of resource the position, or mm-hmm. it might be a case that they can split it between the remaining people on the project. So it can be a bit of a balance, but um, normally I think you will kind of come to the point where you feel like you've got the most out of it, and hopefully it will align quite well with a point in the project where maybe they're ready to kind of bring someone else on or or let you go and it can even be a case of if you've got another grad who's working in an area you could sort of discuss the fact you'd like to swap kind of projects and potentially try each other's roles and things like that so you know it's it's yeah it's not as easy as just being like I want to go tomorrow but yeah. it's yeah conversation with lots of people and they'll do the best they can to kind of make it fit around you. Oh, brilliant sounds, sounds great thank you Ellie and Tom on to you so future I know you've only been at Atkins for, for nearly a year now so what what's in store for you moving forward and have you got any plans for after your graduate program ends uh, well yes yeah. so um, my, my first priority role of course is to um, you know successfully finish my graduate program yeah. so that that is usually three years um, for our team and I think it might be different f- uh, for other teams or, or other you know businesses across the company um, yeah. but um, so just uh, just something I, I want to add to maybe Ali's point actually the I think the the, the record in our team uh, to be a line manager is actually three years um, so he joined the company as a graduate uh, three years ago and now currently he is line managing our new graduate that is coming this year oh, wow. <laughs> so that's good so yeah so uh, definitely um you know he, th- th- there's a target to work towards too yeah. and um and of course and also uh, one criteria of uh, successfully achieving the graduate program is to ha- have a, a certain kind of chartership related to a role uh, yeah. so f- currently i'm pursuing the um, institute of asset management chartership um mm-hmm. so there'll be um some exams and studies to do in the future but uh, overall, that that is sort of sort of my um, midterm goal. Yeah. Yeah. And what does what does chartership offer you, Tom? I know that a lot of students watching will be thinking, okay, so I hear about this chartership, but when you when you do become chartered, what are the benefits? Why should students be striving towards chartership, in in your opinion? Well, um, just of course, there are a lot of benefits. So first, um, you, you have a verified certificate uh, association or a, a yeah. someone that, that approves your knowledge. So I, I think that's very important, especially when you're presenting to clients. Uh, so I mean, I mean, usually they will know that you have this sort of background, mm-hmm. and um, especially as our you know as we do consulting work, this can be actually quite quite helpful for us. Yeah. And also um, sometimes when we um, you know. Uh, try to bid for work it is also quite important to show the uh, potential clients that we have this sort of qualification to support them and, mm-hmm. and to help them so that is also very important and um, I mean last but not least a lot of these charterships are recognized worldwide so in the yeah. future if you want to I don't know succumb to a, a, another part of the world or you know I mean, for example you want to go to like go, go to Asia for example and then yeah. I mean this chartership is also recognized there and it also helps you to explore a whole new world of opportunities. Yeah, thank you, Tom. World of opportunity. We've heard that before, Jess, haven't we? Um, Grad Cracker video used to be a world of opportunity. Um, So, right, I'm just going to ask you this question off the hoof. If you could work, you know, we've mentioned before that Atkins is an international company. If you could, this is going out to all of you. So, Tom, I'm going to you first, but Ellie and Dan, get prepared. If you could go to any other 
Atkins office worldwide, which office would you want to be seconded to? Tom. Wow, that's a that's a good question actually. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so okay, just right now at the top of my head, I'm quite interested to go to the uh, to the Singapore office uh, yes. because I heard that Faithland Gold is uh, responsible for the project management for their Formula One every year. Oh, <laughs> so, yes. so I I don't know if there's anyone uh, any any Formula One fans here, but every time you if you watch the um the the, the live event, you actually see Faithland Gold logo. Um, on, on the banners near, near the track. Yeah. So um, if I can, you know, be involved in those kind of projects, I think that would be quite interesting. Fantastic. Yeah. Tom, I know you love working at Atkins and I don't mean for you to go anywhere else but from Atkins, but we've got the Mercedes Formula One webinar in a couple of weeks um, and it's a brilliant insight into Mercedes Formula One. So maybe you just want to tune in. If, you, if you're a Formula One fan, tune in and watch that. So Ellie, on to you. So which um, country would you work in? I'd probably go for San Francisco just because oh. I've always wanted to go and see the bridge. So, yeah, I know we've got an, an office there. I'd probably opt for that one, although Australia would be a close second. Oh. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've got an interesting, I think the Golden Gate, isn't it about a mile and a half long or two miles or something? I just think that's crazy time. Yeah, like it is massive. It is massive. <laughs> uh, Dan, on to you. So I was initially going to say Singapore, which Tom went for. No, and then I was going to say one. Australia, which Ellie oh. went for. So I think I'm now going to go with South America. I've always wanted to go to South America. In so any particular country? Um, well, Patagonia sounds like an amazing place. I'm not sure we've actually got an office there. But, um, <laughs> but you could probably cross to there. Yeah. yeah, I think I'll do a little tour of the, uh, of the South America offices, maybe. See if that can be done. Dan, we mentioned earlier that you're saving the planet here. So, you know, you're now Superman. You can have an office wherever you want it. <laughs> yeah, it just won't be flying there. Maybe I'll swim or something. Who knows? <laughs> I, th I think Jessica's five year plan is to set up a grad cracker office in the Maldives, isn't it, Jess? Oh, that'd be nice, yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice. Um, so what we're going to do now, I was going to ask me these questions, but I think she's been having some internet issues. So I'm going to go back to you, Tom, because you are quite a recent um, joinee to Atkins. So the recruitment process, you mentioned about the interview and everything else. When you do um, apply to the Atkins roles through Gradcracker, just tell the students about your experiences. So what was the interview process, um, if you can remember? If you can't, I'm stumped. So try. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, I, I still do, fortunately. So, Good. Um, yeah, so... Um, uh well to, again to start with um i found the opportunity on grad crackers so i remember i ha i think i remember that i can choose by region so yes. that's why why so when i ticked london so um actually um my team at that time appeared so um in in, in one of the um in, in many of the job opportunities under atkins yeah. so um that was why i applied so i think um i mean Overall, the first one would be um, an, an online assessment. Yeah. So um, there will be some sort of scenario-based um, questions to uh, just to test. I, I guess like they will be asking you like, uh, what happens if um, uh, you're, you're going to miss a deadline? And then they give you some some answers to choose from. And and then after that, there will be a telephone interview. I think yes, yeah. a telephone interview. And um, if you pass the telephone interview, then it will be this assessment center. So for my assessment center, it was a one day event. So, well, half day event. Dan, Dan was it half day? Uh, Dan and I was in the, was in the same um... Oh, sorry, Tom. Come on, Dan, help him out. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they split it across with, I think three of us in the morning and three in the afternoon. Then we did a sort of combined yeah. exercise yeah. with the six of us in, at midday. Yeah, sounds Perfect. about right. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so we had, I think it was an interview, a a written task, and then a group task. I think those are the three parts to the to the assessment centre process. Yeah. And then how, how long was it before um, you found out that you were successful after the um, assessment centre? Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, two it was weeks. A, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the whole process for me was a pretty rapid turnaround. I think it was just over a month from apply to mm. assessment centre and get the job. Quite quick then. Yeah, they were definitely on it in that year with um, filling the spaces. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And thank you, Atkins, grads, and Neve. I don't know where you are, but I know you're probably watching, tuned in from behind the scenes. Um, so what we're going to do is, is just bring it to a close. Don't forget that Neve mentioned that the Atkins graduate opportunities will be open next week. And then look out for the placements, such as summer and year-long placements at Atkins, which are opening up in October. So like Jess said, um, get, get yourself following uh, Atkins after this webinar go and have a look at the insight you know me and Jess had the right blast when we went to London and um, watch the webinar from last year a lot of the content is still relevant to this year you know it was virtual last year it's virtual this year as well and um, Kings Jess is going to be with you in any short second so make sure you have your cameras on otherwise she's going to be absolutely livid and don't forget that we are going to be back next Thursday at two o'clock next Thursday we are joined by SSE SSE is one of the largest and diverse energy companies in the UK and Ireland. Um, SSE will be opening up their graduate programmes today. So either get your applications in um, or follow and join us next week on the webinar. But for now, I'd like to say thank you very much to Atkins and we will see you all same time, same place next week. Bye-bye. Thank, thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.